0: When I was in grade school, I used to regularly go to this week-long summer camp that was at different places across the Midwest. It was called Rendezvous. It was kind of like a scout camp. Uh, we just, we slept in tents. We did lots of outdoor activities. And every other year or so, um, instead of Rendezvous, they would have this week-long um, event for high schoolers called High Adventure. Now, high adventure, it was the end-all be-all for a kid that really loved the outdoors. First of all, uh, it was something that only the older kids got to do, and I was still in grade school, so I couldn't wait for the day when I got to go on a high adventure trip. Now, I have wondered, and maybe you're wondering, back in the 80s, was it a mistake to call a trip for high schoolers high adventure trip? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they thought that. Maybe it was brilliant marketing. I I don't know. But this was typically a 7 to 10 day trip. And over this trip, they would canoe or kayak and you'd pack up camp and you'd camp in different places every day. 50 to 100 miles would be covered in that time period. Now, one of the things that you had to know how to do to go on high adventure was to navigate well. Therefore, you had to have passed an orienteering class. If you don't know what that means, just means navigate. Basically, they would give you a map, um, a compass, and then they'd give you waypoints along the way in order to get your orienteering badge, and you had to hit those waypoints. Well, ironically, orienteering class for me was one of the times in my life when I remember being really, really lost. Me and another fourth grader, we were given a quick class on how to read a map and a compass and we were sent out into the woods alone. And the first waypoint was out there somewhere and we had to find it. And I'm pretty sure this was like a million acres. And I remember stepping into the woods and the entrance slamming shut behind me when we went in. Think about that. Two fourth graders, a crude map, a compass, sent alone into the woods. Now, I'm kind of as shocked as you are Who would send two fourth-grade boys who didn't pay attention in class on how to read the map or a compass into the woods alone? Well, I'm old, and that's just what they did with kids back then, I guess. So there we were, into the woods, alone. My buddy and I, we got out there, and it didn't take long before we were totally lost. Like, I had no idea where we were or how we were going to get back, We started to get tired and hungry, and we were scared. And this is the point when they started gathering a search party for us. We were lost, totally and utterly lost. By wandering around for what seemed like days in the wilderness, after giving up all hope, somehow, somehow we stumbled back upon the camp. I don't know how, but we found it. We walked back into camp defeated. We didn't hit a single waypoint along the way. We didn't get the orienteering badge. But somehow we we made it back before the class was over and nobody even knew we were gone. I mean, go figure. What what seemed like for days, it wasn't more than maybe a couple hours. I remember never being so desperate as I was then for turn-by-turn directions. I mean, what if we had had a GPS back then? We could have put in every single waypoint. We would have known exactly where we were at all times. Now, we would have heard recalculating and U-turn more times than I care to admit. But we would have known where we were and where we were going and how we were going to get there. It would have been so much easier. We wouldn't have been lost or scared at any point along the way. When we were hungry, we could have just punched in a Taco Bell and made it a a stop on the way. Man, if only we had had a GPS. Well, we're in a series today called God in a Box. Who is God and why do I care? This series is all about who God is and, and who he isn't. Sometimes we put God into a box formed by our own misunderstandings of who he is. And sometimes we're surprised or disappointed when God doesn't fit into the box that we think he should. Those misconceptions can hinder a true relationship with God, and they give us an incorrect perspective on who his character is. We want to explore the views and the box that we may have tried to put God in and how adjusting our perspective on God can improve our relationship with him and our perspective on this life. Last week, Adam talked about how sometimes we view God like that TV reality, game show, judge, right? He wants more and more from us. It's all about performance. When in reality, he offers us a gentle love and a source of rest. Today, we're going to consider if the, the kind of box that we have God in results in us viewing him like a GPS. I mean, do we want to just punch in the address of where we want to go? And expect God to give us these step-by-step directions on how to get there. Now, if you're like, like me, you might be asking yourself, what's wrong with that? I mean, if I'm lost and I believe that God is all-knowing and he has a plan for my life, why can't I get the plan and he ha- that he has for me so I can just follow it? I mean, that's what he wants me to do, right? Is that so wrong? Well, I think that's a great question. And if you find yourself in this never ending loop of asking God for that step-by-step guide to life and frustrated that you don't have it yet, I'm glad you're here today. If you want the GPS directions to what's next in your life, I'm glad you're here today. If you're lost in your career, and your job, and you're searching for something in that world that you haven't found yet, I'm glad you're here. If you're lost in life, and you're asking these big questions like, why didn't God heal my child like I asked? I'm glad you're here. If you're asking questions about relationships and your marriage, and why it didn't turn out like you wanted it to, I'm glad you're here. You can ask those questions here. Ask all the questions. We've all got them. We all have questions. And I hope this series, it helps you kind of unpack the box that we might have put God into. We can start to unpack that box really just by looking at an analogy that Jesus has given us in the Bible that we can be, be found in John chapter 10. It's verses 1 through 19. And Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they will follow him because they know his voice. In this analogy here, Jesus teaches us about what a real relationship With him looks like, what he designed and desires it to actually be. This is exactly what a healthy relationship with God can be. Many times throughout the Bible, Jesus makes these references to God being the shepherd, to Jesus being the shepherd, and us being the sheep. And I'm gonna use the GPS analogy today to kind of warn us of that box that we might have incorrectly put God in. Jesus is gonna use the shepherd sheep to give an example of our relationship and, and a right relationship with him. If we view God or our relationship with him more like that of a GPS, well, things can get just a little askewed. I mean, that even sounds absurd, right, when I say it? I mean, who has a relationship with their GPS? I mean, I'll admit, I tell her when she's wrong, and yes, I said she My family—we gave her her name in one of our cars. In one of our cars, we call her Karen, and she has quite the attitude sometimes. I mean, with all of her off routes and recalculating over and over again. I mean, sometimes she even gives me the wrong address, the wrong place to go. I miss my turn, or she doesn't tell me when the destination is on the right when she knows good and well it is, and I turn left instead. I mean, so yeah. Having a relationship with the GPS, I mean, that's absurd, right? But sometimes that's exactly what my relationship with God has been like. It's been impersonal. It's been cold. It's been transactional. I want to tell him where I want to go, and I just want him to tell me how to get there. I mean, that's his job, and my job is to follow the direction step by step, right? Well, maybe that's your view, too. Like I said, maybe you can even justify that view because you believe God is all-knowing, which he is, and that we should be obedient to his guidance in our lives, which we should. Therefore, all we have to do is align with that plan and things will work out, right? Well, there's this problem in viewing our relationship with God that way. What are we left with when we don't get the GPS directions from God, or when we follow what we think are God's directions and things still don't turn out exactly like we want them to. You see, if we view God that way, our relationship, it's not really a relationship. It's more like a deal, this spiritual bargain. Like, okay, God, you tell me what to do. I'll do it. In exchange, I don't want to feel lonely, sad, scared, hurt. Everything will go right. Deal? If our view of God is that way, there's likely two outcomes that could happen when things don't go like we think they should. Either we think we didn't follow our end or he didn't follow his. Either we messed up or he messed up. Ponder that for a minute. That perspective, it's full of hurt and pain and guilt and shame. And that's not what God's love for you looks like. And, it, and it's never what it was intended to be. That's not what our relationship with him is built on. If you're frustrated with God because things aren't going the way you prayed or hoped they would, or if you think that God looks at you with disappointment because of something you've done or haven't done, then maybe, maybe you've put God in a box. If you're lost and your relationship with God is limited to that of a GPS, let me tell you this. If we have a relationship with God, we're already at the destination. Now, does that mean that we don't grow or take next steps and we just stay where we are? No, not at all. It just means that where we're going isn't as important as where we are with God. In John 10, Jesus, he shows us what that right relationship with him looks like. It isn't built on these step-by-step directions, but rather a guide or a shepherd cares for his sheep, that example. For those people he was talking to at this time, they really knew that way of life. If they didn't have or own a sheep Uh, own sheep in that day, in that period of history. They probably knew somebody that did, a neighbor, or they walked by it on their way to work. They understood the context. And so Jesus is using this example of something that was really culturally relevant to them at the time. But he recognized something when he was telling them this example. They got a little confused. They didn't really understand exactly what this meant. So he goes on and he explains it a little further. And we actually get the benefit of that picking up in verse 7. So he explained to them, he said this, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. You see here twice, he says, I am the gate. I am the gate. So he's starting to explain this to them. But not only does he say that he is the gate in this metaphor, he also, well, let's look in verse 14 here. He says, I am the good shepherd as well. Jesus is telling us that he is both the gate in this story and the good shepherd. He's both the way into the flock and the one who leads and guides the sheep, us. Now, our relationship with God is really centered on this second phrase here, and I love it. It says, I know my own sheep and they know me. If we go back in verse 3, we're going to see more about this relationship that he has with us. It says this in verse 3, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Jesus is saying that he knows his sheep by name, and what he means here is that he cares for us so much that he calls us by name. And those that are truly his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, little participatory action here. You can put your hands up with me. How many of us remember a day when the phone would ring in our house and you wouldn't know who was on the other end until you answered it, right? Yeah. All right. Well, good. Good. Yeah. I'm not alone. So for those of you that didn't raise your hand... This might be a little bit of shock to you. There was a time when a phone had a cord that had to go to the wall. Dinosaurs roamed the earth. And when you picked up your phone, you didn't know who was on the other end until you heard their voice. If it was a friend or a family member or someone you had a good relationship with, all they had to say was, it's me. And you knew who it was by their voice. That was exactly what Jesus is talking about here. That's the kind of relationship where he knows us and we know his voice. That's all we need. That's the destination. True, authentic relationship with God. It's this mutual relationship. I know my sheep and they know me. It's a relationship in which he leads us and we follow. One in which we navigate life with God together. Now, Jesus is not only the gate we go through, the good shepherd who knows us by name, but he also has sacrificed his life for ours. This truly is the full depth of his relationship with us. Let's look at verse 9. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. This is foreshadowing. This is Jesus talking. And what he's talking about here is his own death on the cross and a sacrifice so that we might be able to enter a relationship with God through the sacrifice that Jesus made. And the word saved here in this verse... This just means that when we enter a relationship with God, that we'll spend forever with him, that we're literally saved from separation from him in hell by spending eternity with him in heaven. That's the length that God goes to to pursue a relationship with us. He loves you so much. And that is the incredible story of Jesus. It's not a GPS relationship where we punch in, where we want to go and expect God to give us these step-by-step directions. We don't have to know his voice when it's a GPS relationship. That doesn't really matter. I mean, that kind of relationship, well, that's all about us. It's selfish. It's some sort of deal that we think we've made with God to feel like we have some control. And the irony is, is that we don't have the control. And most of our pursuits to find control. Ironically, they, they leave us feeling lost. It's all about that relationship. He knows our name and calls us by it, and we know his voice. If we have a relationship with God, we're already at the destination. A true, authentic relationship is the destination. Inside that kind of relationship, we focus on where we are, not where we're going. If we see God as this good shepherd and that our relationship with God is the destination, then where we're going and how we get there isn't our concern, it's, it's his concern. So you're saying that it, it doesn't matter where we're going? That having a healthy career, family, job, those sort of things, they, they don't matter? No, not at all. It does matter. And we should pray for those things. And we should have goals around those things. God wants that for us. He wants to share us to share with him the desires of our heart. What I'm saying is that the outcome of those things, well, we leave that up to him. That's his concern. And we focus more on where we are than how we're going to get there. Are we, are we focused more on where we're going and how we're going to get there than we should be. So I bet you've heard this phrase before. It's the journey, not the destination. I used to ride a motorcycle a lot. And for me, this phrase was never as true than when I was on my bike. Riding was rarely about where we were going to end up or exactly how we were going to get there. I mean, we had a plan, and, but a great day on a bike, it was all about the journey. Well, we're already at the destination if we have a relationship with God. Now, because of that, it's time we pay attention to the journey, the journey with Him. We already have that relationship, which means that God is going with us wherever we go. On Easter, we heard Travis and Travis from Travis, and he told us a story of his journey and what life was like when things were very dark for him and when he was lost. I remember he said that he was ready to change his life and when he was ready to do it, he realized that God was with him the whole time and that he learned that God wanted to do everything with him. If you didn't get to join us here for Easter or you didn't get to hear Travis's story, um, take some time this week. Go back and check that out through our app or the ridge.org. It's a great story. Now, maybe you've been realizing that your relationship with God might have grown into this thing, this bargain that we talked about. It was a deal. God, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Or, Or that you didn't care as much what the journey was like. You cared more about the destination. Maybe you're recognizing that you have some wrong thinking about God. Maybe you're realizing that your relationship with God, it's built more on him providing you direction so you get where you want to go. And maybe you're considering that it's time for a perspective change and that you need to quit trying to cram God into a box. If you don't already have an authentic relationship with God, then maybe today is your first step in that direction, to walk through the gate that Jesus talked about in John 10 verse 14. Maybe today is the day that your relationship with God takes his very first steps or it realigns what a true relationship looks like. If that's you, I want to ask you to talk to somebody about that. Talk to them about it today. You can always text chat to 812-408-1188. If you're here with us in person, there's going to be some folks down up front. You can come talk to them afterwards. If you already have that relationship with God, then For you, learning to focus on the journey every day means we have to acknowledge that God has a plan that's far better for us than we can imagine. And he's more interested in the relationship with us and the journey with him than he is on giving us a roadmap to the future. Now, there's several ways that we can focus on the journey. There's several things that we can do to give up our fears and our worry every day to God. But... I want to give you a simple one that we can all do. It's just one thing. Communicate with God every day. Really, Tim? Like we sat here for just that? Like we knew that, right? But yeah, it's that simple. Communicate with God every day. Communicate more with him every day. I don't know a single relationship that works if there isn't communication. Marriages don't work. Friendships don't work. Business partnerships don't work boss employees don't work. God isn't any different. We can start by asking God. Ask God, have a conversation with him. Say something like, God, help me to focus on the now, on the journey with you today and trust you with the future. Ask God for help with that. And then after we ask, we want to listen to God. Listen to others that you know around you, those that you trust spiritually, friends that you have that you know are walking on the path with God. God uses those around us to challenge us into a closer relationship with him. Listen to his teaching. We did that today, John 10, right? Read more, spend more time studying his teachings in the Bible. And we have a simple way we do that here at the Ridge. If you've been here, you know what I'm gonna say. It's the Ridge Reading Challenge Adam talked about it earlier. If you're here with us in person, you can join us in that right now. You can scan the QR code on your screen in the chair back in front of you. If you're with us online, scan that code and you can join that. Or you can go to theridge.org slash events. The Ridge Reading Challenge is a real simple way to learn to listen more from God and from Jesus and his teachings. Ask him to reveal to you what he wants you to learn from him today. And then after we ask and we listen, we have to look for God. God is always working around us. God's with us and he wants us to join him in it, in his work. You'll be surprised if you literally look around at those around you, what you'll see and what God's doing in others' lives. And if you look around in yours, in your own life, ask him every day so that you can see where he is working and what he's doing in and around you. If we have a relationship with God, we're already at the destination. God wants us to care more about the journey with him. My hope today is that you see that God is the good shepherd, that he knows you and loves you, and his greatest desire is for you to know him and let him navigate all those unknowns with you. God doesn't always give us all the answers to our questions are the step-by-step directions to achieving the outcomes in life that we want. He can, and, and sometimes he does, and it's awesome. But there's still times that we might get lost or scared, and we desperately, desperately want to see a clear way out of the woods. Jesus promised that he knows us by name and that we can follow his voice And most importantly, that he is with us through it all. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. This is communicating with God, asking, listening, and looking for God. This kind of relationship with God where we focus on the journey with him, it'll reveal the path that we should take in life. We have the ability to grow in our relationship with God every day if we follow his voice and give up our need to be in control and to know the plan. My prayer is that we can experience the peace that a relationship like this offers with God. That we can taste the freedom in knowing that God's going to guide us through it all. Even when we don't know the turn-by-turn plan. Once we surrender That control to Him. Once we stop bargaining with Him for the outcome, that's when the peace comes. That's when we experience what a relationship with God is meant to be. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for for your perfect love for us, that you are more concerned with where we're at with you. That, you're, that a relationship with you means you're with us, that you help us navigate it all, that you go through it with us. We thank you for that. Thank you for the challenge to take you out of the box, for looking at our relationship with you differently, that it can be bigger, that it's more than what we define it to be sometimes. I pray that as you do challenge our heart, that we would recognize the perfect love that you have for us and how it can just change our lives in ways that we could never imagine. And it's in your name I pray, amen.